friends. Today is August 31st, 2022. You are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio and I'm your host Critch. I have to apologize for being off the uh, airwaves for such a long time. I got thrown uh, quite the curveball here last week. My uh, my dog Chili uh, got into an altercation with a porcupine, and it didn't really. It was pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> I ended up uh, pulling roughly about two thousand quills out of her, out of her, all the way from her bottom lip, all the way down through her chest, right down to her belly, um, and in her front legs and armpits, she was absolutely covered in porcupine quills and then uh, monitored her her health for the next day and she wasn't getting better so I ended up taking her to the vet and the vet uh, the vet found some more and put her on some pretty heavy painkillers and uh, some antibiotics and uh, this happened on Wednesday last week my friends and then through the weekend she steadily got worse and uh, <clears throat> Monday rolled around, she was even more uncomfortable, so I kind of made the decision to take her back in on Tuesday and uh, t- um, <clears throat> uh, when I got up that morning, she had already passed, so I had lost my I lost my buddy friend, so that kind of threw me right out of uh, right out of my normal thought pattern because uh, Chili was only four years old, so to lose her so suddenly was um, <clears throat> was pretty heartbreaking um not that losing a dog at any time is is a good ordeal but just just wanted to explain to you guys why i've kind of been out of the mix um so so that's kind of what's what's been going on so i've uh, <laughs> i've i've forced myself to come back in here tonight and get a get a show out to you guys because obviously there's quite a bit happening um we're going to uh we're going to obviously cover what's going on with Christian Freeland and what happened in GP. Um, what we're going to focus on more is the reaction to it by the mainstream media and the politicians. And uh, realistically, what they're not focusing on is what led up to uh, to uh, having outbursts like this in public against public officials. Like, that's the part that the media, like, they're just all acting like this is just out of the blue. They can't believe it. Why could something like, like this happen? Um <clears throat> It's quite easy to to track back, and the, and we'll go through that in the bulk of the show. But what I wanted to open with today was the fact that uh, Ontario is scrapping the mandatory five day isolation rules for people with COVID nineteen. This is very interesting. This is on the heels of the CDC basically uh, saying that the restrictions against unvaccinated people uh, in the U.S. Uh, are no longer. Uh, it's the same. It's the same for both. And Ontario basically did the same. Uh, with this, so this comes to us by way, by way of CTV News Toronto, and obviously the title is Ontario scraps mandatory five day isolation rules for people with COVID nineteen. Now, this was written today, August thirty first, by Catherine De Clerc. Ontario has scrapped its mandatory five day isolation rule for individuals who test positive for COVID nineteen as a part of a an all-respiratory virus approach to an expected rise in general illness this fall. Ontario Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Kieran Moore, said said on Wednesday, individuals who feel ill should isolate while symptomatic and, and return to work or school 24 hours after their symptoms come to an end. 
Masks should be worn for about 10 days after an individual ends their voluntary isolation period, Moore said, but it will not be mandatory to do so. Normally, we'll see the uh, respiratory virus season start around the end of September, and hence this advice is being put in play to guide that risk, Moore told reporters at a news conference announcing the expansion of COVID-19 boosters for young children. So this is an all-respiratory virus approach because the complexity will be increasing this year, given that other respiratory viruses will be circulating in our schools and workplaces. When asked if individuals who test positive on a rapid or PCR test, uh, when asked if individuals who test positive on a rapid or PCR test but who are no longer symptomatic can go out in public, Moore said yes with additional precautions. The caveat is that we also want to maintain high levels of protection through ongoing keeping up to date with our vaccinations, but in particular, keeping up to date with the COVID-19 vaccination, he said. Of course, he's going to say that. No surprise there. Moore said the advice being provided on Wednesday is for the general public and that further specifications will be released for workplaces such as long-term care that are at higher risk. Those who are ill are being asked to refrain from visiting these kinds of vulnerable settings. Schools, however, do not appear to be on the list of vulnerable settings being considered for further COVID-19 recommendations. Moore said that said an improvement in ventilation as well as cleaning policies within these facilities will help reduce the spread of the virus. He urged people to wear a mask continually for 10 full days if ill, and if this precaution in and that this precaution, in addition with other measures, should decrease the risk of all respiratory viruses in our communities. Moore said the Ontario government has taken a cautious approach to changing the guidelines, citing, our provi- citing, our pro- citing other provinces that have already adopted a generic approach to all respiratory viruses, such as Nova Scotia and British Columbia. We wanted to get further along in the seventh wave before we put in place Uh, before we put this in place and also had it available to schools to ensure that we can dampen down the effect of all respiratory viruses in the classroom and also in the workplace. The last time isolation guidelines were changed in Ontario was the end of December 2021 when Moore shortened the required isolation period from 10 days to 5 days for vaccinated individuals. As it stands, the new policy applies to everyone regardless of vaccination status. Bingo! That's the key part right there. While Moore is encouraging ill individuals to stay home while they are not feeling well, Ontarians are only covered for three days sick leave under the temporary pandemic program. The the Doug Ford government has not yet said if it plans on making this program permanent. Uh, The program is set to expire March 2023. So in other words, Ontario, BC and Nova Scotia are finally starting to come around to a common sense approach to a not very deadly um, respiratory illness. Um, And I honestly, I think you, me, and everybody on this side of the fence realize they have no choice. Uh, They they would be, be, if they could, ecstatic to lock down unvaccinated individuals. But just like I said, on the heels of the CDC uh, in the U.S., basically saying that there's no difference. We've known this all along. Uh, Actually, it's worse for vaccinated people. So the fact that they're still pushing the vaccine narrative, they have to. Um, It's no surprise that they still push it. They absolutely have to. They are committed 100%. If they don't keep doing it, the vaccinated individuals that have have gone along all the way up to uh, four or five boosters at this point um, would start wondering, well, why would you change your rhetoric now? Uh, Basically, they'd push more people to this side of the fence. So they've got to keep pushing it, of course, right? 
But it's, um, like I said, uh, in Canada, you're seeing them basically do this quietly, as quietly as they possibly can. Uh, and under the radar, they will, they will start retracting because I don't think they're going, they're going to have a heck of a time with a lockdown this winter. I think people are absolutely done with it and they know it. They, they know it. Um, so they're going to have to just keep rolling these back. Yes, we're going to see a spike in COVID this, this fall. We always do. And then it'll be back to normal. Um, it is now just another permanent human illness, illness, unfortunately, a, a, a bioengineered, uh, artificially created human illness that we now have to deal with for the rest of our lives. We, we, we never hear them talk about that. Do we, my friends? Anyway, let's get this show started. My friends, we'll be right back. Welcome friends to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. All right, welcome back, my friends. Uh, before we get into the bulk of the show, um, I would just like to point out what we are learning um, through actual science, not the pseudoscience that um, the Canadian government is still pushing, uh, like mentioned earlier in the pre-show there, uh, about them still pushing the boosters, and, and even for kids. Like, here in here in the sketch, they're pushing it for kids. Like, this rhetoric, oh my God. So, I'm, I'm going to turn your guys' attention to an Epoch Times TV um, clip here. Now, we had initially seen what was being reported was a 10,000% rise in cancer cases. You're never going to believe uh, where that has gone to it j within weeks of that initial announcement. Check this statistic out. 
143,233% increase in cancer. Now, this clip that you're going to be listening to is uh, by Dan Skorbach, and um, it's just, it's a very informative clip. You've, you've got to hear this, so let's, uh, let's turn it over to Dan so you guys can, can take this in. When something goes wrong inside a cell's DNA, the cell fires a signal that tells other cells, I've gone bad, please kill me. This early warning helps the immune system stop cancer cells from multiplying. It stops a virus from replicating. So it's a very important early response tool that works across the body. While recent studies suggest that COVID-19 vaccines may be damaging this early warning system, and fundamentally, they're changing how our immune system reacts to cancer cells and new infections. We still don't know if that's a temporary change. And today, we're going to look at just how bad it really is. This is Frontline Health, and I'm Dan Skorbach. I want to share a story with you about this gentleman. This is John Rolfe with his wife, Cheryl. She told the Epoch Times that John was always in good health, but that changed last year. John got his first COVID-19 vaccine last year in March. He got his second vaccine 28 days later. A few days later, he started to cough, and soon he began to sporadically choke on his food. By late August, John was diagnosed with stage three esophageal cancer. Now, this type of cancer is relatively rare and mostly affects men between the ages of 45 to 70 and who smoke and drink alcohol in excessive amounts. John had no medical or family history of cancers. He didn't smoke and only drank alcohol occasionally. So it was unusual for him to develop this type of cancer and the doctor believed he would fully recover. In September, John started chemo and radiotherapy, but it didn't help. John's trouble with swallowing worsened until all he could do was try to take a sip of fluids and hope to get it down without throwing up. This lasted all the way until the end of his therapy. On the third day after his treatment, John passed away in his sleep. And remember, he was a perfectly healthy man before he got the shot. So was it really the vaccine that caused his health to spiral out of control? Let's take a look at some data together. There's a vaccine injury reporting system that's been around for over 30 years. It's called VAERS. And in this short history, there has been 14 cases of the same type of cancer reported, the esophageal cancer. Out of 14 cases, 11 in the last two years are all related to COVID vaccine. In fact, data from VAERS shows that cancer reporting has skyrocketed by 143,000% since the start of COVID-19 vaccination. As of this August, there have been around 2,500 cancer reports related to COVID-19 vaccine. And this number could be much larger because the US Department of Health estimates that about 1% of vaccine adverse effects are reported to this very system. So the real number could be close to 250,000 people suffering from cancer after the COVID jab. Today, doctors are witnessing this with their patients. Dr. Ryan Cole is a clinical pathologist who trained at the Mayo Clinic. For 18 years, he has been running his own independent lab, looking at patients under the microscope and helping doctors diagnose cancers and infection. He has seen the tissue of about half a million patients, and he knows patterns of disease when he sees them. But at least I saw the patterns, and all science really starts with an observation. And so I pointed this out. And then interestingly, as I've, I've been invited and talked at and lectured around the country. Other oncologists have come up to me or called me, or even just yesterday, a radiation oncologist came up to me and said, you're right, 
something is wrong. I am seeing cancers that we normally keep in check and we know we can manage this cancer and the patient will get two, three, five, six good years of life. But they got their shot or they got their booster and then two months later, their cancer is a wildfire. And these are things that we've managed easily in the past. So what is happening to the immune system of the vaccinated? Dr. Cole talked about this paper written by Dutch researchers. They found that Pfizer vaccines were altering the immune system. In layman's terms, somehow the immune system cancer-killing T-cells were not getting the memo that there are cancer cells that needed to be killed, which Dr. Cole said could explain the uptick in cancers. Same thing, I started seeing the uptick in cancers. Well, why is that? Because mechanistically things that were always supposed to be on were unintentionally shut off. The spike protein is also found to mess with the immune system. At the beginning, I mentioned that when a cell turns bad, it sends out a message to the body asking to be killed. Well, viruses actually evolve themselves to interfere with that message. Researchers from India have found that when human cells are forced to produce spike proteins, they ship the spike protein with two short strands of RNA. And then this new microRNA essentially stops a cell from sending out a warning message when it's infected or the DNA is damaged. These are all examples of how the COVID jabs could be tampering with the immune system, basically jamming its communication mechanisms and fooling your body into thinking that everything is fine. Another research team from MIT points out that because of the jammed communication, vaccinated individuals have reduced COVID-19 symptoms. The vaccinated don't get the symptoms, don't feel as sick, but actually you're spreading the disease like crazy because you're not fighting it off. This also means that the virus will stick around in vaccinated individuals for longer. And if the disease is not cleared after a long period of time, it can cause severe problems down the line. At Frontline Health, we bring you the latest information available on health. You won't find it in the news anywhere else. In fact, if you post our video on social media, you will likely get banned. Thanks for trying. Next time, use this button here to email your friends this video. Even so we are starting to learn how the COVID injections or the, uh, the uh, bioweapon injections are going to create probably the biggest die-off in, in, in uh, world history. Um, that, that number, that 143,233% increase in cancer, that is just, I, I don't even know what to say. That's unheard of in, in human history. And when you start thinking about three quarters of the world's population has, has at least one or two of these shots. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. I guess, you know, there's no division to be had anymore uh, on either side of this shot. Um, what we need to do is start focusing on the time we have left uh, with the people that we love and uh, thoroughly enjoying it and making the time to uh, to see the people that you love that that unfortunately were fooled or duped into taking this bioweapon. Now, will the numbers be as high as, as uh, three quarters of the world's population? I, I don't, I honestly don't think so. Um, like we've heard, uh, uh, we've heard Dr. Uh, Peter McCulloch tell us that a lot of these shots are inert. Um, they don't, 
like he had mentioned, uh, I, I do believe we covered the clip in, in at least one or two shows ago where he said that the, the storage, the way it, they had to be stored at sub-zero temperatures initially, um, the people that rushed out to get those shots right off the bat and those, those shots were stored properly are probably your people that got lethal doses. Uh, especially the people that are um, now three deep. And and he also did say, though, that the, the longer you play this Russian roulette with, with this um, foreign spike protein, uh, basically injecting a toxin into your body, the higher your risks are. And he said pretty much at, at four shots, you're starting to, your chances of survival are, are unbelievably diminished. So... You are going to see people that, you know, took one or two shots, in my in my opinion, or just, just my thoughts, you're going to see people that took one or two shots survive, uh, probably, and come through it relatively unscathed. These are people that uh, the shots weren't stored properly, um, they, they hit room temperature for way too long, um, odds are all the active ingredients in them probably died at that point, and uh, they they will probably, hopefully, in my, in my, my hope is that these people will be able to live long and healthy and prosperous lives so it is my sincere hope you don't see three quarters of the world's population uh uh you know develop a cancer of some type uh in the next five to ten years but who's to say like who who knows not to mention you know you know one of the main ingredients that we've learned through studying these shots is uh, graphene oxide and that we don't know like the basically the micro clotting is 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 what we you know, some of the experts that we listen to on this show, they're they're attributing the microclotting to the fact that you've got uh, graphene oxide, which is uh, uh, sharp metal filings, basically, for lack of better better terminology, uh, flowing through your veins and uh, basically cutting your cutting up your veins from the inside. Like this is how you get microclotting all over the place. Like you guys have seen all the reports um, coming from autopsies of of they're pulling like unbelievable clots out of these people that are resistant to anti-clotting medications. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I, I, I would, would have to guess or assume that that's because you've got graphene that just keeps opening up little minute cuts all the way down your, your, your vessels. Right. But absolutely horrifying numbers and and when you start to put this in context with the material material talked about earlier in this show the fact that you still have uh canadian government officials and and health officials pushing this shot with information like this available to everybody is the part that is absolutely staggering um it's like they live in this they live in this alternate reality and they're only, they've got the blinders on and they're only going to hear um, what what it is that they've, they've been preached to um, or listened to this whole time. And no matter how much evidence starts piling up around them, they will not. They absolutely will not. They will refuse it. They will not be able to absorb any of this information until it's possibly too late for them. And unfortunately, their families. <clears throat> Especially in, a, in the way the way um, you know, look look at the all the Canadian doctors that are starting to die. You know, it's it's horrifying. Um, it's definitely going to even if it's not not to the numbers that that it potentially could be. I, I I'm still probably just like the rest of you, um, horrified with what we could be facing in the next. You know, we don't know. 
These are experimental shots. Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 15 years? It'll probably be all of the above. Like the effects of this, a, a real long-term study on a new medication is anywhere from 10 to 15 years. Well, we're only what? A year and a half into this. And we're already seeing 143,233% increase in cancer. Not to mention all the immediate uh, cause or um, adverse effects that we know we know of that even came out of Pfizer's own study. What was it? Almost 1,400 side effects or effects of this bioweapon. Oh my God, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a rough ride for everybody, and that's why I think, you know, I'm going to just start calling for the division to be over. Um, <clears throat> You know, we tried. We tried our best. All of you tried your best to warn people. You did. You did everything you can. I, myself included, uh, I tried to to warn my family. I tried to keep them away from this, uh, just simply based on on actual scientific study. Uh, we just knew that there wasn't long term effect studies on these shots, and and to just blindly jump into uh, a clinical trial, which is basically what this is. Um. <clears throat> It, it just, it was foolish and, and, uh, there just wasn't getting, you just couldn't get through myself included to people. Uh, we're all on the same boat. There's no way that anybody that listens to the show doesn't, you did, you tried, uh, we all tried. And, um, now, now we are definitely in the same boat, uh, when it comes to dealing with the, the reactions and the long-term effects and, and potential death that is going to follow, a, a you know, a, these shots. And um, it's just, it's just not worth, it's not worth the division anymore. Now it's just a matter of trying to, uh, trying to, I guess, um, comfort, possibly detox those that, um, that have, have gotten the, the bioweapon in their bloodstream. To date, uh, the only things that I think are p- potentially working to clear the spike protein out of people's systems is is ivermectin and chlorine dioxide. Um, <clears throat> I don't know of anything else. Even um, Dr. McCulloch said there are there is some uh, there is some some positive results with some um, some meds that he's tried. Uh, but I honestly, if you, if you've got friends or loved ones that that are starting to see the light about this and they actually are seriously talking about potentially detoxing their uh their systems of this i i would say the the top two that you should um refer to them would be ivermectin and chlorine dioxide um and chlorine dioxide is a long term uh, so so would ivermectin it would it would be it would have to be long term if not permanent um chlorine dioxide though would be um probably two week treatments with uh, with you know a few weeks off and then back on two weeks uh so on and so forth, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't prescribe. All I know is what I've done myself and what what has worked for me to fight off uh, COVID, uh, which was ivermectin. Uh, chlorine dioxide, I didn't use it as much. I just basically did a few small or short cycles with it uh, just to figure out, you know, what, uh, where, where my doses needed to be. Uh, a lot of you might be better off, better than me when it comes to chlorine dioxide. But it is the one that can remove heavy metals out of out of human systems, along with everything else. Um, it and, and the positive thing with chlorine dioxide is all your good cells and good bacteria. It leaves it alone. It only attacks um, the viruses or bad bacteria that are, that is actually attacking you and your system. So that's why it is the most positive. Um, I think you'll see the best results. 
um, by using this this product or not product, but uh, uh, this medicine, I guess, for lack of better terms, um, this malaria drug that has cured malaria for years in uh, in Africa for Western travelers. Turns out it has unbelievable uh, positive <clears throat> positive results for every human ailment, including cancers. So not only uh, not only would it uh, hopefully help clear the toxins from the shots out of their systems, uh, it could potentially stop or help fight off cancers that are developing as a result of these shots. So <clears throat> there's still hope. Um, and all we can do is is just offer to help at this point. And, 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 you know, they didn't listen to us when it came to the shots, so don't be surprised if they don't listen to you for treatments for, for the ailments that they now have because of the shots. All you can do is still just offer your help and and, uh, and try to be there, uh, be there in their time of need, I guess. Okay, my friends, let's shift gears. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's focus on what happened in Grand Prairie here last week uh, with Christian Freeland. And what we'll do first is um, we'll, uh, we'll look at the response um, basically by the mainstream media, uh, the politicians, and now the RCMP first. We'll do a little bit of a compare and contrast, and uh, then we'll kind of, kind of uh, focus on the fact that there was definitely uh, an easy trail to follow uh, that led to um, people reacting this way in public to, to elected officials. Now, the first one comes to us by way of the Toronto Star, and the title reads, RCMP Investigating Harassment of Christian Freeland During Alberta Visit. This is by the Canadian Press and it was written yesterday, August 30th, 2022. The RCMP says it's investigating an incident last Friday in which Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland was subjected to profane, uh, profane tirade in Grand Prairie, Alberta. A video posted on Twitter by an account that voices opposition to COVID-19 public health measures show, shows Freeland entering an ele elevator while a large man approaches her hurling profanities and calling her a traitor. The man in the video looms in front of the open elevator door and tells Freeland to get out of Alberta while a woman tells her you don't belong here. In a statement, RCMP spokeswoman Robin Percival says physical or verbal actions in person or online can have sig an, a significant effect and may be against the law. She says when the threshold for, cr for a criminal charge is met, the RCMP or the police of jurisdiction may arrest and lay charges. If the criminal threshold is not met, RCMP examines the threats and derogatory comments from an intelligence perspective. Under the RCMP regulations, MPs can receive RCMP protection in Canada and abroad if needed. For security reasons, RCMP doesn't comment on, speci on specifics when it comes to security measures afforded to the Deputy Prime Minister, Percival said. Protective measures are intelligence-led and are proportional to any threats or risks assessed by the RCMP. The Federal Threat Assessment Center and other partners, she added. The RCMP continuously reviews its protective measures and practices in place in order to ensure a safe and secure environment for protectees. The episode involving Freeland has drawn widespread condemnation. Public Safety Minister Marco Medicino says the incident is part of a broader pattern of objectionable behavior aimed in particular at women, people of color, and Indigenous people. That right there, not even close. Not even close. Now, let me just say this. I don't, I don't uh, condone the behavior of this particular individual, um, but also at the same time, I don't condemn it either. I'm not surprised by it. I'm totally not surprised by that. That is my position on this, um, and probably yours as well. This is no surprise. 
No surprise. But to hear Marco Medicinal, who's already been caught how many times lying about um, even the enactment of the Emergencies Act, which we're going to get into uh, in this topic. But to hear him say a broader pattern of objectionable behavior aimed particular at women, people of color, and indigenous people, this is virtue signaling 101. Here we go. This is how you divide Canadians yet again. he's, He's doing the first step in calling this person basically a white supremacist. Now, you, you got to kind of shake your head on the fact that this guy is wearing a wife beater. Uh, he behaves in a way that they will just absolutely eat up, eat up. Um, and he's going to fit that profile. They're going to label him as probably a domestic terrorist, white supremacist, um, <clears throat> entitled white uh, cis male. So all these titles that you hear. Uh, it's all going to come. It's all going to come down the pike unless they unless they bury it. But I doubt they will. He said this week it is important to bring the temperature down, adding federal officials are keeping options open to better address the phenomenon. Asked Tuesday about the rise in threats directed t- towards politicians, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the country has been through a lot in recent years with the COVID-19 pandemic. Increasing anxiety due to climate change. Oh, police. Oh, my God. And the rise in mental health and addiction problems. All because you locked people in their houses over a mundane uh, virus. That's why. And forced them to get injections against their will. Let's just point that out. Fuck it. So a lot of pressure. So there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people. There are no easy solutions for these challenges we're facing, he said. People are hurting because of all these things we're going through. Trudeau cited the need to assure fear and anger and, and respond with a positive vision of the future. It will involve hard work, people listening to each other, and various levels of government stepping up and delivering, he added. Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> let's um let's let's just focus. Okay. Let's let's Okay, they're investigating this guy for his rhetoric. Granted, it was it was a bit much. I will gi- I will give the Canadian press and everybody on that side. Yes, I'm going to give you that. Yeah, it, w- it was a bit much. You you are going to get way more of a positive response if you articulated yourself in a respectful manner and posed questions to them that uh, they can't answer. Um, <clears throat> you know that honestly, like if this guy would have went up to her and said, "Hey." Do you realize that uh, you, you, uh, your party is pretty much directly responsible for multiple business failures in Grand Prairie through your lockdowns that now are based, we know now, are, are, were based on pseudoscience or faulty science or bad advice? H- how would you like to respond to people that um, you know, are now having to uh, go through a career change as a direct result of your policies or COVID mandates? Or, or how do you how do you feel about the fact that people are now sick um, through mandated uh, pr- government promoted mandates for COVID night for an experimental injection? You know, if you if you took that path, uh, you would get probably a lot of people re- a lot more respect out of people, and you'd probably uh, garner a, a, a somewhat of a substantial following if you managed to maintain that level of respect. Now, uh, granted. I understand, I understand that there's a lot of frustration with these people and they are responsible. These people are actually responsible um, for a lot of deaths in, in, in ways that, uh, you know, locking people in their houses, um, losing their employment, forcing, um, forcing people to get injected with a, 
experimental injection. When you start looking at all this, we haven't even dealt with the mental health that this has all caused, uh, creating fear and division among these pe- among everybody. Uh, let's 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 focus on some of the things that could be comparable that came from our government during COVID nineteen. Now, this next one comes to us by way of McCantorint. And the title reads, Canada's Master of Division and Exclusion. This is by Ida Gazzoli, and it was written uh, January 10th, 2022. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, recently labeled unvaccinated people as racist misogynists who do not believe in science or progress. Speaking in French, he told a Quebec television station that Canadians need to make a choice as whether they will tolerate these people. Think about that for a minute. I uh, I don't know if there's any other perfect example of a person segregating and discriminating against a specific group of people <coughs> in Canada than that. Racist misogynists who don't believe in science or progress and Canadians need to make a choice whether they tolerate these people. Should we not be investigating that statement right there? It's in all the press. You can still find it everywhere. This is recorded um, verbal um, things that Trudeau said uh, recorded in pretty much all the press everywhere. I personally think that right there, it warrants an investigation. What do you mean by tolerate these people? That's rhetoric we haven't heard since Nazi Germany. These people. You are, you are segregating a portion of your own society Maybe not 100% yours, but on your mother's side, definitely a part. We don't know how, how they speak in Cuba uh, when it comes to unvaccinated people, but all we can do is assume that they, they, must, be, they must have spoke the same way because he, he loves his, his other home country so much. Let's carry on. We are going to end this pandemic by proceeding with the vaccination, said Trudeau. We all know people who are deciding, we all know people who are deciding whether or not they are willing to get vaccinated, and we will do our very best to try and convince them. However, there is still a part of the population that is fiercely against it. They don't believe in science or progress, and they are often misogynistic and racist. It's a very small group of people, but that doesn't shy away from the fact that they take up some space. Ho ho ho! Okay, granted, there's no F-bombs in there, but um, now we've got him basically saying tolerate these people and they take up space. This is legit Nazi rhetoric, my friends, 100%. This, This is like taken out of the pages of Hitler's speeches, honest to God. This leads us as a this le- leads us as a leader and as a country to make a choice. Do we tolerate these people? While more, ex- while more extreme than some of his previous comments, this is not new for Trudeau. He has long fostered division by, bl- by blaming lockdowns, restrictions, and postponed surgeries solely on unvaccinated people. He will often add that vaccinated people are very angry and with good cause. This phenomenon is not particular to Canada. Other countries around the world, including our neighbours to the south, have similar experience with their leaders. If a person is discontent, and who isn't these days, and a Prime Minister publicly puts a label on their discontent, anger, and then identifies a cause, the unvaccinated, this has serious implications for millions of people who are longing to get back to normal in society. Suddenly there is a reason for discontent and apparently a solution, the unvaccinated must get vaccinated. 
A free society is one where individuals choose and act on their own free will. Freedom is globally valued, with most countries' anthems crooning, it, crooning its merit. True North Strong and Free, Land of the Free. Freedom is, a, is difficult to achieve on both a macro world or micro family level. Every parent knows the struggle between granting freedom and enforcing a standard of behavior in the home. Sometimes children have to learn from their mistakes. Sometimes parents are wrong. Between adults, the dynamics are different. A mature attitude is, is one way in which every person is free to have their own opinion. This sounds like common sense, but the sticking point is when the matter of opinion invokes strong emotions. I remember a Freakonomics podcast in which a professor at a prominent U.S. university encouraged, encouraged listeners to make friends with those who disagree with them. The challenge of con, uh, conversing with respect as opposed to hotly debating helps both parties to be more understanding and get to know themselves better, he argued. This kind of dialogue enriches communities and fosters unity. This in turn fosters collaboration for a betterment of society. In contrast, the behavior of our current world leaders is reminiscent of political theories that advocate class war. Division and segregation are the inevitable outcome. Understanding needs to become uh, our understanding needs to become our byworld. This does not mean agreement. It means looking at others with respect and compassion. It means recognizing that a person that has the right to their own opinions regardless of how we feel. It means promoting dialogue. This is a hard solution, but it is the only one that ultimately makes sense. To accept that, others can freely choose to make decisions on uh, that are different than ours. The consequences that flow from this must be dealt with as they happen. No country or health authority has been good at pre uh, predicting the outcome of any aspect of the pandemic. Science has both helped us and been proven wrong. The surest and only way forward is through unity, which involves primary, primarily accommodation of others' decisions. Otherwise, the global model, we're all in this together, is a lie, as Justin Trudeau himself stated. Inclusion is a choice. So, a very well-written uh, article by Ida Gazzoli, uh, and I, I read the whole thing because it's just, she nails it, right? There, there was definitely a lead-up. Uh, to 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 this type of behavior and and this this isn't an isolated incident as much as they're they're trying to make this an isolated incident you guys have seen all the clips of Trudeau being called out um, you've got Jagmeet Singh being called out in Brampton uh, you know this is this is going on uh, all over the place with these leaders um, I'm worried I'm worried that it's only going to intensify and it it will give them reason now let's just take a, a ten thousand foot view here. <clears throat> These people are puppets. Christian Freeland, uh, Justin Trudeau, these are frontline puppets. They are just doing what they're told and they are they're they're marionettes. They're 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 doing everything they are told to do. Um, they are forced they not forced, they chose to be on the front line. They were groomed probably from childhood, most of them, uh, for these positions, and they will do whatever they are told. And the globalists behind the scenes that are pulling the strings on these marionettes would love nothing more than to see someone in a wife beater like this guy uh, that that um, basically uh, screamed at Christian Freeland and probably intimidated the, the fuck out of her. Like, you can't take that away. Like, he, he probably scared the ever-living shit out of her because he's a big dude. Uh, but they would have loved nothing more than to see this guy actually literally physically assault her or do worse. They are waiting. They are waiting for Canadians on the right side of history to screw up and they would love nothing more than one of one of us to kill one of these people. And I'm just begging and pleading with Canadians to see through this. Um, 
like I said earlier, you'd be better off with a well-planned strategic rhetoric uh, posed as questions uh, and just have them fumble all over themselves than you are going to than you are ever going to get by confronting them and uh, portraying yourself as as uh, not very smart. I hate to say it that way. But at the same time, I understand why people are reacting this way. The, the frustration has reached a boiling point. But people have to have self-restraint in these situations. I would, uh, you know, I've, I've, every Canadian, every Canadian, especially those of us that have been singled out through all of this, would love nothing more than to probably get into a ring with Justin Trudeau and duke it out. But in, in reality, you'd probably, you'd probably make a bigger splash if you actually... Um, we're on camera asking him legitimate questions that he cannot answer. <clears throat> you just, you just, I, I guess in the end, I'm, I just want to see, I want to see Canadians be more structured um, and, and really start thinking about the way you want to approach these, these people. Cause now, now you, because of this, they're going to use this as an excuse to have, um, they're, they're all going to have armed details. Uh, getting close to them now is going to be almost impossible. Uh, but <clears throat> You know, if you're going to be shouting over a crowd, uh, or or you're, or you're you're going to be on camera, um, you know, addressing these people, you need to really, um, you need you need to really strategically think about what you're going to say. <clears throat> and you can bet your bottom dollar that Trudeau's not going to put himself in front of a town hall now, uh, because he's going to get he's going to get absolutely destroyed by regular people. But just keep the peace, my friends. Um, it's only through peaceful non-compliance that we, we're actually going to win this game. If, if you start falling into this um, retaliation, vengeance type of frame of mind, it's only going to worsen it for the absolute for the rest of us. And this guy, I think they'll probably they'll they probably will charge him with something. Um, but in the same sentence, you've got the the so-called free our leader of Canada doing the exact same thing without f bombs. Uh, segregating and and discriminating against particular people, even promoting uh, thought patterns that would would suggest that you know what are we going to do with these people? That is that is directly subconsciously suggesting to everybody that has gone along with the narrative to round up these people and put them somewhere because you you just can't. What are we going to do with these people? You know, he's smarter about it than the guy in Grand Prairie was, but it's no different. It's no different. So if you're going to inv investigate one, then you need to investigate the other. The number one master of division and exclusion in this country right now, and dis uh, master of discrimination and segregation in this country right now, is Justin Trudeau. Period. Like, no one even comes close to him. Now let's focus a little bit more on the behavior of Justin Trudeau throughout this whole thing. This next one comes to us by way, and we went back a little bit just to remember exactly what, what these liberals did to Canadians. Uh, this next one comes to us by way of the Toronto Sun, and the title reads, Freezing Accounts, The Freezing of Accounts Was Political Vengeance. So not only did Justin, in a roundabout way, basically threaten uh, a specific division of Canadians, they also followed through on uh, um, seizing people's way, uh, their money and their way to live that went against his narrative. This is by Lauren Gunter and it was written on February 26, 2022. Remember on Wednesday when, a prime, when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he was revoking the Emergencies Act? So how come his government is still holding on to bank accounts, credit cards, retirement investments and mortgages of hundreds of Canadians who participated or donated money to the Freedom Convoy? 
By the time you read this column, perhaps Trudeau, the Trudeau government will have permitted banks, pension funds, insurance companies, mortgage brokers, and other financial institutions to release the accounts of protesters and Freedom Convoy donors that were frozen after Liberals invoked the Emergencies Act on February 14th. But as I am writing this, about 48 hours after the Prime Minister ended his emergency decree, the bank accounts, credit cards, and loans of Canadians' workers and businesses connected to the convoy were still under government lock and key. Why? Monday, when asking Parliament to approve the use of his Emergencies Act, Trudeau promised the state of emergency would not last a day longer than necessary. Well, for that, well, for more than 200 Canadians being held financial hostage by Ottawa, it has gone on longer. That is outrageous enough. But consider that Barry uh, McKillop, Deputy Director of FinTrack, told the Commons uh, Finance Committee on Thursday, as far as his agency is concerned, none of the people whose accounts were frozen intended to bring down the Canadian government or destabilize the country's economy. The Financial Transactions and Report Analyst Centre of Canada, FinTrack, is the federal agency within the Department of Finance responsible for detecting and preventing money laundering, terrorism, financing and transfers of the uh, proceeds of crime. When the Trudeau government sent banks uh, on a witch hunt through the account records and credit histories of ordinary Canadians who had given money to the Freedom Convoy, Finance Minister Christian Freeland said such heavy-handed tactics were necessary because we know these platforms are being used to support illegal blockades and illegal activity, which is damaging the Canadian economy. Really? Because the very agency within Freeland's own department in charge of preventing such activity told MPs on Thursday this was this was the donor's own money. As far as FinTrack can tell, the millions of don- millions donated in small amounts were genuine, good faith donations. They weren't money. Uh, they weren't money being funneled from powerful sources bent on overthrowing the Trudeau regime. It is. It was donors' own money. It wasn't cash that funded terrorism. Or was in any way money laundering, McKillop testified. He added there were people around the world who were fed up with COVID and were upset and saw the demonstrations. I believe they just wanted to support the cause. Which, if you think about it, makes the freezing of people's personal accounts and an act of political vengeance by the Liberals. An assault on ordinary Canadians just because they disagree with the government. Politicians using the vast power of the state of state to intimidate their opponents purely on ideological grounds is far more of a threat to our democracy than any threat the Trudeau government imagined. And I use the word imagined on purpose. Uh, The convoy posed. You want to see a real national emergency worthy of invoking the Emergencies Act? Look to Ukraine. Bombs droppings, missiles being fired, foreign soldiers invading, the population hiding in subway tunnels. That is an emergency. A bunch of truckers honking horns soaking in portable hot tubs. Even if some of them were crude and few few flew uh, despicable flags, do not constitute a danger to our own democracy. Well, since that article's been written, we do know that those were actually um, agents of the Trudeau government that were flying flags and 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 the the trucker convoy called them out and and singled them out right away. So even in this this article which is basically on our side, they did get a bit of it wrong. <clears throat> Remember our parliament continued to meet throughout the freedom convoy blockade except one day when speaker Ant- Anthony Rota suspended the suspension because police action was expected. And parliament met while the blockaders were 100 meters away. 
Unlike the January 6th rioters in Washington, D.C., our truckers didn't even breach the building. Well, the January 6th rioters in, so heavy air quotes, rioters in D.C. were invited into the building. And actually the whole thing was, oh boy, we don't even need to get into it. We know. We, you guys all know. The liberals don't have an, don't have enough understanding for the for, of or respect for democratic rights to release Canadians' own money back to them with an apology would be nice. So there's a there's a clear and easily spotable uh, path to to people getting as frustrated as this guy in GP. And honestly, like he yes he 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 swore a lot, but realistically. Um, if they do charge him with verbal abuse or, or, uh, harassment, um, you know, odds are he'll just get fined unless they want to make an example out of him. But realistically in the real world, if this wasn't Christian Freeland and we, we weren't under the political climate that we were, um, let's say these were just two people that kind of knew each other and they, they lipped each other off. Like this, this situation is something that you've probably seen in a bar, uh, I wouldn't say hundreds of times, but you've probably witnessed something very similar to this in, in a bar or a local tavern where uh, uh, someone's mad at another person and they, they start swearing and blah, 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 blah. Like this, this is just the fact that um, this is opposition to, uh, <clears throat> to the narrative, to the narrative. And I, I don't want to keep beating a head dead, dead horse, but uh, there was there was definitely a more appropriate way uh, to go about this. Um, but also at the same time, this guy is, you know, feeling absolute rage, and and he and probably doesn't feel like he has any other alternative, because nothing that that actual Canadians are saying is being heard by these politicians since 2015. We've watched these fascists that masquerade as liberals do whatever the fuck they want in this country. And now what has happened is they've gone too far and in public, these people are actually in danger, are actually in danger. It won't be safe for them to walk down the streets. You know, th that was a prediction by, by an intelligence op that we all followed at one time. And you're actually starting to see it come to come, come full circle. Is that the answer? No, it isn't the answer. It's a, it, it'd be, you'd be you'd be way more well received who cares about the Canadian media. We know they're just in bed with the, with the, with the liberals. Of course, they're going to cover it in, in a negative light towards the person that did it. And in, and in just a victim, a victim stance, uh, to Christian Freeland. But in reality, that's, that's actually, you know, she, she, she really was like, she didn't instigate it at this time, but she has done things in the past, including seize people's, uh, bank accounts that, that weren't, or segregating Canadians, like going along with Trudeau's rhetoric about these people and what do we do with them? Everybody in that fascist so-called liberal cabinet went along with rhetoric like that. And they were unable to prove um, <clears throat> the necessity for the, the use of the Emergencies Act. They lied about it. So when people know that there was no justification for, for using it, and then he pulled it back before it would, could even be debated in the Senate. People feel like they have no choice and this type of behavior shouldn't fucking surprise anybody at all. The media shouldn't act shocked. Politicians shouldn't be shocked. You should be, everybody should have been 100% prepared for this. If, if it was an actual real world that we lived in, but we don't, we live in this, this fake 
fucking virtue signaling um, facade, circus, where everything is upside down. We live in an upside down clown world. But <clears throat> it's just, uh, I guess, I guess in the end, you know, I, I just wanted to point out that there's been way more divisive behavior coming out of the government itself than, than this guy could have done with his, his what, two minute long F-bomb tirade. Yes, he's intimidating. That part I get. He probably will be charged with harassment, maybe even verbal assault. But the thing is, you've got you've got leaders, so-called leaders, um, <clears throat> elected employees, let's use the proper terminology here, that have said way worse things than this guy has. He said you weren't welcome here and you're a traitor. Well, when you start thinking constitutionally and ch Charter of Freedom and Rights, uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, realistically, when you start looking at this behavior and you start fine-tooth combing, especially things said by Trudeau, oh, you are, you are walking a fine line there. Uh, you, if you go against that Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which they stomped all over through this pandemic, I think being called a traitor is pretty, pretty warranted. Warranted. <clears throat> Saying she wasn't welcome there, well, that's his opinion. That He lives in Grand Prairie. He Maybe he was speaking on behalf of people that he talks to all the time, and she wasn't welcome there. That's his opinion. There would be other people that would, that would welcome her with open arms in the same town. Unfortunately, well, it shouldn't be unfortunately, like, like the one article that we went through, we need to start opening open opening dialogues with people that disagree with us so we can find common ground. That is one thing that's been lost in, po in politics in Canada since Trudeau took power. There's just been no actual open dialogue. They don't care. They don't listen to the opposition. They don't give a fuck. They're still just going to go on. They will do what they always do. They dance around and they don't answer questions. That, that's another thing that fuels people to, to take this path is the fact that they've watched since 2015 Trudeau not answer direct questions and Christian Freeland's worse. They don't answer anything they're asked by the opposition. Now, do I think the opposition should be patted on the back for anything? Fuck no. Because they've done absolutely nothing to stop this. All they do is they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But in the meantime, they did absolutely nothing to stop any of it. <clears throat> so when I see people that, um, you know, are in the same place as politicians such as Christian Freeland, uh, you know, let their emotions get the better of them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even remotely surprised for one second that you're going to have reactions like that, as long as it's just verbal and not violent. <clears throat> I'm not condoning or condemning, like I said, but it obviously needed, this, this needed at least a common sense take on it. And a little bit of backtracking and things that have been said that have led up to it. And the fact that um, people are feeling helpless and that's what drives this type of behavior. It's not, definitely not fear. It's the fact that they, you know, he felt like he can't, there's no way that he can actually express himself in this country anymore. Probably because he believes he's not free anymore either. Because they've demonstrated through all of their behavior through this that you aren't. This is a fucking fascist dictatorship. As long as these liberals, so-called liberals, fascists, as you guys know, I, I pretty much, they are, they act like fascists, tyrannical fascists. As long as they're in power, people will probably get worse. <clears throat> but we've got to keep it somewhat. You just do not give them what they want. Do not get violent. My God. 
Okay, my friends. Well, I think you got my point. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, we'll end this one here. As always, if you want to reach out to me, um, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, Canadian Patriot Radio. I think I still got eight days of a suspension I'm serving um, that affects the Canadian Patriot Radio page. Um, but you can you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. Um, the message button does come directly to me, so feel free to use it. Um, if you prefer emails, CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Um, the Telegram room is c.me backslash CPR underscore two. And if you prefer websites, it's CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Now that one's even being throttled. It might be a little bit hard to find. Um, if you can't actually find it in your Google search, which you might not, find it on Facebook. The webpage is actually posted on, on Facebook and then you can find the website um, as well. So, or you got to enter the backslashes, the www.CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Um, otherwise you won't find it. Uh, <laughs> I, I find that, uh, Google is, is actively suppressing, um, <clears throat> searches for Canadian Patriot radio, but a lot of you are still finding it. The numbers are good on the webpage. So, uh, the numbers are good actually everywhere. So, um, uh, no complaints. The only thing, only thing I'm going to try and start doing a little bit more is getting more shows out. I know it's been, a, it's been a tough summer, but we'll, uh, we'll be more active here now. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in my friends. And until next time. In all thy sons command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.